This morning, if you got an outline when you came in this morning, we're going to talk about something that we've been doing now for many years at Liberty Church, and that is that next Sunday we're going to be stepping into a brand new year. Of course, New Year's Eve is Tuesday night. Wednesday is January the 1st, 2020. Come on, somebody. That's amazing. 2020. And I remember being a kid thinking if 2000 ever came, the world might end. You know, and here we are at 2020, and amazing things are happening. Uh, and as I was thinking about 2020, uh, of course, the first thing that popped in my mind was the word vision, right? Because when you think about going to the eye doctor, if you've got good vision, you've got 20-20 vision. And immediately I thought about vision. I thought about, man, this is going to be a year of vision. But I really heard the Holy Spirit say that 2020 for us at Liberty Church was not just going to be a year of vision. It was going to be a year of clarity. That God was going to bring a new level of clarity into our eyes and into our hearts. That we were going to see some things. We were going to see more of what we've already seen. I mean, no, we've seen the supernatural. We've seen the miraculous. We've seen God save souls. We've seen lives be changed. We have seen the power of God. But I really believe this year we're going to see more than we've ever seen. God's going to give us clarity to see the things that he is actually doing in front of us. And uh, I just celebrated a couple weeks ago uh, my birthday, and I'm officially 48 years young now, and so I'm excited about that. Uh, and when I turned around 40, 42 years old, I started recognizing that my Bible got blurry, and uh, I couldn't figure out what was going on with my Bible. I thought something had messed up with it. And then I realized it didn't have anything to do with my Bible. It was my eyes, right? And so I started wearing reading glasses, and, and now I, I jokingly tell my kids, now I'm a cyclops, so I wear one contact and one eye so I can read with my one eye and see with my other eye because I can't stand taking glasses on and off. And uh, so now now I stepped into the Cyclops world, and uh, but I love to read the Word of God. But what I recognize is that when my vision got cloudy and blurred, uh, it wasn't because there was something wrong with what was in front of me. There was something wrong in me. And I didn't need to change my Bible. I needed to change me. <laughs> And the Holy Spirit just reminded me of that just over the last few weeks as we've been praying and preparing to enter into a brand new year, that he said, Keith, I want to bring clarity. Just like when you put your glasses on, just like when you pop that contact in your eye, all of a sudden everything that was there before you that was not clear becomes clear. And all of a sudden we begin to see some things and we begin to experience some things and we begin to encounter some things that were really there all along. We just weren't fully embracing what God was wanting to do. And I really believe that 2020 here at Liberty Church, we're going to do that. We're going to step into a new place of clarity that I really believe comes out of intimacy with God that's going to allow us to see more clearly the things that God has for us individually, as individuals, as families, and as a church, and as a community as we press into the Lord. And so for us, I really believe that our 21 days of prayer, fasting, and giving are critical because they launch us into setting a precedence for the entire year. Because what we're going to do uh, over the next 21 days starting next Sunday, hopefully, is going to set a precedence for how we're going to live our lives for the rest of this year, hopefully the rest of our lives but at least maybe for the rest of this year that's going to launch us into a deeper place of intimacy with the Lord so that we'll get a clarity from God that allows us to see the things that are already there many times in our lives but they haven't fully been realized yet. And so we're going to step into that as we kind of launch into our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, what I want to do this morning kind of starting out is we are a healthy growing church, praise God, and every year we have new families and new people that have never fasted before and maybe 
maybe you're here and maybe you've never done a one-day fast, maybe you've never done a three-day fast, you've probably never done a 21-day fast, and, uh, and it's an exciting journey that really is intended to draw us deeper into that place of intimacy with the Lord. And so I like to just take a little time today uh, and just kind of talk about what I just kind of call some guidelines for our 21 days of prayer and fasting and just help us kind of set this thing up so that starting next Sunday, January the 5th, we'll be ready to go into 21 days of prayer and fasting with a heart uh, that's already settled before the Lord. Amen? So y'all good with that this morning? Everybody going to work with me a little bit today? So let's talk about a couple things. If you got an outline, uh, this is on your outline. The first thing I want to talk about is that we want to define the, the, the fast. You need to define your fast and literally ask God, what are you going to be fasting from? You need to define your fast, fast and ask God what you're fasting from. Now, we have a lot of people every year uh, that will fast from media or social media and a lot of different things, and I think all those things are wonderful and good because how many of you know when you remove the distractions of media and social media out of our lives, it, it enables you to get a little clarity to really hear the Lord in a better way. But I want to encourage you in something today. I want to encourage you to not only fast maybe from those types of things, but I want to encourage you to incorporate into your fast some kind of food, that you would be fasting from some kind of food. And we're going to talk a little more in depth about why that's important. But it's really important because biblically, in the Bible, every time they talk about fasting in the Bible, they're literally talking about fasting from food. They're not talking about fasting from social media or, or from media or not looking at emails or not doing whatever. They're literally talking about fasting from food. And what we're going to recognize is that our carnal appetite to eat is one of our most basic appetites, right? Everybody, every Every day thinks about food. Everybody, every day thinks about food. And if you can begin to recognize that when you begin to conquer that carnal appetite for food, you actually begin to walk in a level of victory that we're going to talk about in just a minute today, that God really wants us to walk in so we can find the freedom and the life that he has for us. So the first thing that needs to happen, you need to define your fast, and that really is as simple as this. Lord, what do you want me to fast from? You need to pray that prayer. God, what do you want me to fast from? And then you need to write it down and define it. Because the easiest way to maintain a decision is to make the decision in advance. Right? We've all made decisions in the heat of the moment, and then about a week later thought, what in the world was I thinking? Why did I say that? <laughs> so we want to make a de predetermined decision. What am I going to fast from? And I don't want to make that decision after I'm already hungry. I want to make that decision on a full belly. Right? So I want to make that decision before I start fasting. God, what do you want me to fast from? And then write that down. Define your fast. And let me just go ahead and say this too. I would encourage you to set a time. We're going to start next Sunday. Uh, and many times for, for me or Kelly, a lot of times we'll start at 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. Uh, and we'll say we're going to start at 6 a.m. on the 5th. And then you'll know that on the 26th you'll end your fast at 6 a.m. Or whatever time. It doesn't matter what time. It's just a clear way to define this is what I'm fasting from, and this is exactly what I'm going to start on January the 5th, and this is what I'm going to end on January the 26th. The second thing is I want to encourage you to focus on specific points of prayer. Now, we've still got our prayer uh, snowflakes up around the, the sanctuary. We're going to keep them up through the month of January, and we're going to have a time every week where we're just going to continue to focus in prayer. We're going to agree together that God's going to do the things that we're asking Him to do. And the power of specific prayer is this. I believe that specific prayer gives God greater glory. 
And what I mean by that is simply this. A lot of times we pray generic or generalized prayers, right? Lord, bless me, bless my family, watch over us, take care of us. And those are good prayers, right? Nothing wrong with general prayers. But many times God will answer those prayers, and because they're so general and generic, we don't even realize it. And a week later you're like, oh, man, God, God did that. <laughs> you ever done that? You ever had one of those moments where you look back and you're like, man, last week God answered that prayer I've been praying for. But it was so kind of generic in general, you weren't really aware of it. But when you pray specific prayers and God shows up and God shows out in your life, you know it. Amen? And not only do you know it, you give him glory and you give him praise and you honor him and celebrate him and testify to other people of what God has done. Because all of a sudden, you know it wasn't an accident and it wasn't a coincidence. It was God. And God answered your prayer. So be specific in your prayer request. And I would encourage you to write down specific things that you are praying for. Maybe they line up with your Christmas prayers. Maybe there's some specific things extra you want to add to that list. The third thing is simply this. I want to challenge you to commit to a daily devotional or a scripture reading plan, and I want you to partner with somebody in that commitment so that there's some accountability. Now, we're going to do something for you, and that is I want to challenge you to join us. How many of you have ever heard of the Bible app? Anybody ever heard of the Bible app on your smartphone or your tablet, any of those things? Well, if you have a smartphone or you have a tablet, then you have access to the Bible app. We're going to do a Bible app devotional together as a church. So I want to challenge you to do that with us as an entire church, and this is going to be a part of you uniting us together because part of us doing a corporate fast is that it brings us together for a common goal of pressing in to know the Lord at a deeper, more intimate level. So our our, our uh, devotional is called Reach, and it's literally called a 21-day devotional. If you're on the Bible app, you can go search in devotionals, and you'll have it. There's a picture of what it looks like, and so that's what the graphic is for it. We're going to have a link to that on our Facebook page and on our website by the end of the week. And so if you want to go ahead and download that, subscribe to that, activate that in your Bible app, we'll start that together next Sunday, okay? Next Sunday morning, we'll start that. And I really want to encourage you in that because as we're going to see today, that time in the Word of God is powerful and really is life-changing. The next point is simply this. I want to ask you to share your story. Uh, As a part of that 21-day devotional, every day has a daily reach, they call it, uh, which is basically a daily challenge. We're going to challenge you to do something with what we're reading and what we're studying and what we're praying about, and we're going to post that daily reach on our Facebook page, again, to kind of create a central location, a hub for people to go to. And what we want to ask you to do is just comment. We want you to share what is God saying, what is God doing, what is happening as a result of you pressing in to know God through prayer, fasting, and giving. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you, and what is God doing through you as you pray? Press in to know him. So it's just an opportunity for you to just go out there and give a little comment and share what God is doing. And the power of that is that we get an opportunity to testify. How many of you understand Revelation chapter 12 says that one of the ways we overcome the enemy is by the word of our testimony. And when you start testifying about what God is doing and what God is saying and what God is accomplishing, not only does it strengthen you, but it encourages other people as they share in and celebrate the things that God is doing. Now, the next thing I want to talk to you about is not on the screen, uh, but I want to add one more little point there to our guidelines for prayer. Here's the last thing I want to challenge us to do, and we're going to move on into some scripture this morning. I want to challenge you to gather together. Uh, I want to challenge you over the next 21 days, starting next Sunday, to make a commitment that we're going to gather together. 
First of all, on Sunday morning, I don't know if you are a regular Sunday morning attender or not, but I want to encourage you, this would be a great way to start your new year, by committing that you're going to be in church every Sunday, that you're going to gather together with other believers. There is something powerful that happens when you gather together with other believers. And one of the things I'm most thankful for, I grew up in a home where church was a priority. I don't know about you guys, but I grew up in that kind of home. And I remember I was about 15 years old, and my buddy asked, me, he said, Keith, hey, I got tickets to go see the Atlanta Braves play, and they're going to be playing next Sunday, and my dad's going to take us. Can you go with me? And I remember going home, talking to my dad, and I said, hey, daddy, I got a chance to go see the Atlanta Braves play. He said, when are they playing? I said, next Sunday. He said, what do we do on Sunday? I said, go to church. He said, there's your answer. Now, I'm not saying you can't go see the Atlanta Braves play, and if you get tickets, take me with you. I'd love to go. But I am saying I am thankful that I grew up in a home where church was a priority. It wasn't something we did when we didn't have nothing else to do. It was something we did because it was more important than anything else that we did, that we would gather together with the body of believers and worship Jesus. Amen? And so what a great way to start your year by just making a commitment that you're going to gather together every Sunday. And then we're going to up the game just a little bit. So not only are we going to gather on Sunday, but through our 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're going to have a Wednesday night service, and we're going to have a worship and prayer for one hour. From 6.30 to 7.30, we're going to gather together. Our Sunday morning worship team is going to lead us in some awesome worship. We're going to have specific points of prayers. We're going to pray, and we're going to worship together. We're going to have children's services going on. We're going to have youth services going on. And we're going to be inviting our Holly Pine campus to come and join us. So both of our campuses are going to be coming together on Wednesday night. One church, one vision, multiple locations, and we're going to come together from 6.30 to 7.30 for a time of worship and prayer, and we're going to press into the presence of God, and we're going to experience heaven. God's going to speak, the Spirit is going to move, and great things are going to happen. And why are we doing that? Well, let me tell you why we're doing that. Because if you want to get different results than what you've got, you've got to do something you've never done. Right? If you want to get different results, if you want to get new results in your life, and if our goal is to press into a deeper place of intimacy with God, then we're going to have to do some things we've not done before. So we're just going to create another opportunity for us to gather together for corporate worship and corporate prayer and press into the presence of God together. We're going to create an awesome environment for our kids. We're going to create a great place for our youth and our young people. And then all of us adults are going to come together here in the sanctuary with our Holly Pond campus, and we're going to press in and know the Lord. So I want to challenge you. Let's gather together every Sunday and every Wednesday starting next week for three weeks and make a commitment. Let's see what will happen. Amen. What would happen in your life if that kind of commitment became a normal part of your Christian life? Amen. Amazing things would happen. All right. Y'all with me? Y'all are awful quiet out there today. All right. Thank you back there in the back. Give me a woo there, Jeff. Good job. Matthew chapter 6, let's talk about why we're doing this. Why do we do 21 days of prayer and fasting? Well, because it's not just a good idea, it's God's idea. Look with me in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is speaking. He says, watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others or you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and the streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. 
But when you give to someone and they don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, give your gifts in private and your Father who sees everything will reward you. You're going to see that's a repetitive theme. Over and over in this scripture, Jesus tells us that it's not about being seen by people, right? We're doing a corporate fast, but this is really all about our personal, private devotion to the Lord. This is about us individually making a commitment to seek the face of God and set the standard and the precedence for a brand new year as we press in to know the Lord. And so Jesus said, your reward is not about the applause of people. If all you're looking for is the applause of people, that'll be the only reward you get. But if you will do what you do as unto the Lord, he said, then your father who sees what you do in secret will reward you. Amen. So look at verse five. Jesus goes on and says, and when you pray, Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners in the synagogue where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private, and then your father who sees everything will reward you. In verse 16 through 18, Jesus says, And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and deceived so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. How I many know oh, that's good not only when you're fasting, but all the time? Get a bath, wear a deodorant. Those are great things, right? And then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private, and your father who sees everything will reward you. So look at that next point on your outline. So Jesus said, when you pray, when you fast, and when you give. He did not say, if you pray, if you fast, or if you give. Jesus said, when. When you pray, when you fast, when you give. Why? Because prayer, fasting, and giving are normal parts of Christianity. Christians pray, Christians fast, and Christians give. That's what we do. Why? Because we are connected to the heart of God. And just as we talked about last week, prayer, fasting, and giving are acts of intimacy that if our heart is right, will draw us deeper into a relationship with God. They are not intimacy. They are acts of intimacy that will draw us deeper into the heart of God when we pray, when we fast, and when we give. And so Jesus said these three wins, right? When we pray, when we fast, when we give, I believe they do three things. I believe they reconnect us. I believe they refine us, and I believe they refocus us on the things that matter most. How many of you understand it is so easy in our fast-paced, crazy world? We just came through Christmas, and most people are exhausted because it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to get distracted by all the things that we have to do that we miss out on the things that matter most. And the truth is, is that many of us can kind of look back on our lives, and if we're not careful, not only will we see days, weeks, months, sometimes even years that have been wasted on things that had no real value. And so the power of beginning a brand new year in prayer, fasting, and giving is that it refocuses us on the things that matter most. It reconnects our heart to God. It refines our heart by the work of the Holy Spirit, and it refocuses our attention on the things that matter most so that we don't have to look back on 2020 and regret the way we lived our lives. We can look back on 2020 one year from now and be grateful and thankful that we took time at the beginning of the year to set the precedence for how we're going to live our lives for this next year that's coming at us. Amen? So let's talk about those three things, being reconnected, refined, and being uh, refocused. So we reconnect to the heart of God. 
when we reach up through prayer, worship, and the Word. How many know prayer, worship, and the Word are three ways we reach up? They're acts of intimacy that allow us to reach up into the very heart of God. James chapter 4 says this, draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. See, the invitation has already been given. You have been invited into the presence of God. You have been invited into the heart of God. You have been invited in by Jesus Christ. He literally nailed the gates of heaven open as he opened his arms on the cross. And he has given us a divine invitation to come in. He has given us the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the spirit of adoption that now cries out, Abba, Father. And so we have been invited into the presence of God. And our job is to respond by faith to the invitation that's been given. To reach up to heaven. To reach out to the one that died for us, that loved us, that purchased us, and that redeemed us. And all of a sudden, through prayer, through worship, and through the word, we reconnect to the heart of God. And as I was thinking about this, there's really three aspects I think that we need to reconnect to. There's a lot of areas, but I want to hit three real quick. I believe we need to reconnect to the affirmation of the Father. Because this is what I know happens in our world. We get beat down. (laughs) You ever got beat down before? I mean, this world has an amazing way of beating the life out of you. And if you're not careful, if you're not careful, if you're not on guard, if you're not on purpose, if you don't stay intimately, purposely connected to God, you'll begin to feel like you're abandoned. You'll begin to feel like you're rejected. You'll begin to feel like you don't matter. You'll begin to feel like it doesn't even care. It doesn't even, life doesn't even count. It doesn't even matter what I do anymore anyway. And what happens many times in our lives is that we get overwhelmed by the circumstances of our life and we feel like we're all alone. We feel like that our lives are now insignificant and have no value and no worth. And this is what I want you to understand. One of the first things that will happen when you press in to know God through prayer, worship, and the Word, you know what will happen? You will hear the loving affirmation of your Father. God will begin to love on you. And I'm just telling you, one of the the best to me, one of my favorite parts of my intimate time with God in my prayer and worship in the Word is to hear the words of the Father spoke over me. It's amazing. God is not in heaven waiting to critique you or condemn you. He is in heaven loving you, drawing you, wooing you, compelling you, affirming you. And when you draw near to God, you know what the first thing you're going to hear? You're going to hear God tell you how much he loves you, how important you are, how you matter to him. And I am 100% convinced that the reason many Christians struggle in their Christian walk, their day-to-day Christian living, is because they are living outside of the affirmation of the Father. And if you feel like, hear me, if you feel like you are rejected and abandoned, then you'll act that way. If you feel like you're rejected and abandoned, you'll act like you're rejected and abandoned. But if you'll draw near to God, you know what will happen? He will affirm you. You will reconnect to the affirmation of God, and you'll hear your Father in heaven tell you how much He loves you and how proud He is to have you as His child. And the second thing I think we need to reconnect to is the authority of the Son. See, I think sometimes we forget that we have authority. (laughs) We are not victims, we are victors, right? 
And Jesus said, the works that I do, will you do, and greater works than these will you do than I did because I'm going to go to the Father. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And then he looks at me and you, and he says, therefore, go into all nations and make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have been given authority. And so many times when we live disconnected lives from the Father, we forget about the authority that we have in Christ. And somehow we start feeling like we're victims. Somehow we start feeling like we don't have what it takes to do what God has called us to do. And we forget that there is an authority in Christ that says you can speak to that mountain and it will be removed in the name of Jesus. Amen. And then I believe we need to reconnect to the power of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And you shall receive power, dunamis power, miraculous power, when the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I believe that when we draw near to God, we reconnect to the affirmation of the Father. We reconnect to the authority of the Son. And we reconnect to the power of the Holy Spirit because we have everything that we need to do what God has called us to do when we abide in him. Amen. He is our strength and our source. So through prayer, through worship, and through the word, we reach up to God and we reconnect with him. I want to just look at one more scripture, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, 12 through 16. It says, in one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed his face to the ground, begged him to be healed. Lord, he said, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. And then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened. He said, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. And this will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. And I, look, I love verse 16. This is what we want to hear. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. I want to just submit to you today, if Jesus Christ, the Son of God, had to disconnect from the demands of the world, in order to reconnect to the heart of God, then we have to too. If Jesus had to disconnect from the demands of the world in order to reconnect to the heart of the Father, then we do too. We have to do it. Right? We have to have that daily time. We have to have prayer, worship, and the Word. Those three things are essential ingredients to us cultivating a life of intimacy with God. And let me just encourage you in this. As we're going to do this 21-day devotional, I want to encourage you to make an appointment with God. See, one of the best things you can do is set a time and set a place to meet with Jesus. See, if you don't have a set time and a set place, it probably won't happen. If you don't have a set time and a set place, it will probably happen. And if it does happen, it will happen inconsistently. And most of us understand that if there's anything really important for you to do in your life, guess what you'll do? You'll make an appointment. You'll set it on the calendar. You'll write on the calendar. You'll punch it in your phone. If there's something really important, you'll make an appointment to do it. Why? Because it matters. I want to encourage you to get a set place and a set time to meet with Jesus. For me, that's about 5.30 every morning at my dining room table in the kitchen. That's where I meet with Jesus. 
And I love that time. It's my favorite time of the day. Why? Because we have to disconnect from the demands of the world. And what's interesting is the demands of the world on Jesus, they weren't bad. The fact that your family needs you, that's not bad. The fact that your job needs you, that's not bad. The fact that you have challenges and opportunities and problems that need to be solved, those are not bad things. Those are wonderful things. It means you're alive. It means you're making a difference. It means you're doing something that matters. But the reality is simply this. You can't give what you don't have. And if you don't disconnect purposely from those demands so you can reconnect to the heart of God, you're going to walk out into a world and you're going to minister out of your fleshly ability instead of out of the Spirit's power. And you're going to give your family and you're going to give your job and you're going to give your world and you're going to give your ministry a second-rate best version of your life. Because I'm just going to be really honest with you. My family doesn't need carnal Keith. They need spiritual Keith. (laughs) You don't need a carnal pastor. You need a spiritually minded pastor that has a heart to know God. Amen. It is that connection to Christ that cultivates us. So this 21 days of prayer and fasting is a great way to cultivate that habit of meeting with the Lord, a set place, a set time to press in to know Him. Look at the next point. So we refine our hearts when we allow the Holy Spirit to reach into our lives through fasting and draw out those things that don't belong in us. How many know there are some things in you that don't belong in you? And the Bible actually says in the book of James that we are drawn away by our own lusts and our own desires. It's what is in me that draws me away from what God wants to do in my life. And so one of the benefits of fasting is that fasting refines our heart. Now let me just tell you what fasting does not do. Fasting, we do not fast to please God, and we do not fast to appease God. The death of Jesus Christ pleases God. The Bible says, they that please God must come to God by faith, because without faith it's impossible to please God. You know what pleases God? That you believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ. That pleases God. You not eating a hamburger is not going to please God more than Jesus dying on the cross. Come on. That's not going to please the Lord. What pleases God is faith. So we're not fasting to please God, and we're not fasting to appease God. God's not mad at you. Jesus bore the wrath of God. He bore the punishment and the penalty of your sin on his body on the cross. God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. He wants to heal you, redeem you, restore you, and work through you so his kingdom can come and his will can be done on earth. And so we recognize, I'm not fasting to please God. Jesus already did that. I'm not fasting to appease God. Jesus already did that. Fasting, hear me, fasting is a spiritual discipline. Now let me just back up for just a second. It is not a spiritual diet. You might lose weight. You probably will. But fasting is not a spiritual diet. It is a spiritual discipline that empowers you to say no to your flesh and yes to the Holy Spirit. That empowers you to crucify your flesh and walk in the Spirit. As a matter of fact, Jesus was so bold as to say this. He said, no one can come after me and follow me unless they deny themselves and take up their cross daily. See, you can't follow Jesus until you learn how to deny your flesh. 
Because fasting is a spiritual discipline that puts to death those carnal appetites, right? Because we said it a while ago, everybody every day thinks about food. And the more I talk about it, the more you want to go eat something. And we've got a bake sale in the back, so you can stop by and get something before we start the fast next week. Well, that was strategic of those youth, right? So you can junk food up before it all ends. I want you to look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to read one verse to you. Verse 27. Paul says this. He said, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. I want you to hear this. Undisciplined flesh disqualifies us from living our life at the highest level. It's not that God can't use you, and it's not that God won't use you right where you are. But if you are living an undisciplined life, you're going to limit what God can do through you. Because carnal Christianity, carnal, let, me, let me just say, carnal Christianity is not necessarily sinful Christianity. It's not that I'm doing the bad things. I'm just not doing the right things. I'm following the appetites of my flesh. I just do what I want to do, when I want to do, how I want to do, because I'm in charge. How many of you know fasting is an amazing way for you to tell your body your body's not in charge? Your body is a wonderful servant, and your body is a horrible master. If you are mastered by your carnal appetites, your flesh will ultimately destroy your life. Let's be honest. Our flesh will ultimately destroy our life. Our carnal appetites never know any boundaries, right? You eat more, you drink more, you smoke more, you do more. It always wants more. And so it is through fasting that we bring spiritual discipline to our bodies so that we can walk in the things of God. We say no to the flesh so we can say yes to the Holy Spirit. We bring our bodies into subjection so they can be servants. And I love what Paul said, I discipline my body like an athlete. This is what I've recognized about athletes, and this is amazing. I love to study kind of successful people and see people that have achieved great things. And when you look at professional athletes, you know what you'll notice? You'll notice that the great ones, the great ones, when they were in high school, they had a couple coaches. When they got to college, they had a lot more coaches. And when they became professional athletes, they started hiring coaches. Now, you would think, well, if I finally become a professional athlete, there's nothing else for me to learn. But the best of the best recognize something. The best of the best recognize that if I am not constantly disciplining myself to get better, I will automatically get worse. See, there is this thing called the curse of sin and death. And the Lord gave me this image years ago. He said, Keith, he said, Christianity is kind of like walking on a treadmill. The only thing you got to do to go backwards is stop going forward. You ever got on a treadmill? Doesn't matter how fast it is. If it's moving at its slowest pace, the only thing you got to do to go backwards is stop moving forward. The moment you stop putting one foot in front of the other, you automatically digress. Have you noticed that when you kick your spiritual life into neutral, you don't automatically draw closer to God? You automatically drift from God? Have you noticed that? 
Why? Because there is a natural pull, a spiritual current called the curse of sin and death that pulls us away from God that never pushes us to God. So the only way for me to draw closer to Him is to continue to pursue Him in a daily discipline. And fasting creates a daily discipline that does this. Hear me. It refines my heart. It reveals things in me. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this little phrase. I'm sure you have Snickers kind of made it famous, right? People sometimes get hangry. They're hungry and they're angry. They get hangry, right? And so eat the Snickers bar because you're not acting like yourself. Y'all remember them commercials? Well, that happens in our family. <laughs> Every now and then one of us will get hangry. And you know what happens when you deny your flesh? All of a sudden it acts up. And things that you thought you had dealt with weren't really dealt with. And things that you thought you had conquered weren't really conquered. And things that you thought had been put to the side had somehow held a foothold in your life. But when you begin to discipline your flesh, those things begin to rise up. And you know why it rises up? Because it's crying out. And all of a sudden, when those things rise up within you, the Holy Spirit reaches in. And He begins to draw out those things. And he begins to give you grace and strength and wisdom to repent, to overcome, to purify and refine your heart like gold is refined in fire so you can be pure unto the Lord and so you can find freedom from those things that many times were lying dormant in our lives. But now through prayer and fasting, those things begin to rise up. And the Holy Spirit puts his finger on them and says, let's deal with that. That's not the fun part, but let me tell you something. It's the profitable part of fasting. Because when you deal with pride and jealousy and envy and bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness that you didn't even know was still in your heart, all of a sudden you find a new level of freedom that takes you deeper into an intimate relationship with God. Amen? The last thing, look at this last point on your outline. Prayer, fasting, and giving. We refocus our hearts when we reach out into the world around us and give our time, abilities, and money to help others. Matthew chapter 5 Verse 35, Jesus said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then the righteous ones will say, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, that when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. According to Jesus, the only way you can love God is by loving people. And I want you to think about this for just a second. How do you minister to a God who has no needs? You ever thought about that? What does God need? Nothing. He created everything. What does God need? God needs nothing. So how do you minister to a God that has no needs? You minister to people that have needs. And Jesus said, when you feed the hungry and you clothe the naked and you visit the sick and you go to the prisons and you care for those that are hurting and broken and less fortunate than yourself, he said, you're actually ministering to me. Every person you meet is Jesus in disguise. And when we minister to them, we minister to him. Let me tell you the purpose of prayer, fasting, and giving. The purpose of prayer, fasting, and giving is that we reach up to reconnect to the heart of God. The Holy Spirit reaches in to refine our heart. 
And then the automatic result of that, let me tell you what automatically happens. Automatically, you begin to reach out. And you begin to realize that what God has done in you and what God has done for you is actually intended to flow through you to help other people. Isaiah 58, it's a great chapter. You ought to go home and read Isaiah 58. God declares to the nation of Israel what he calls his chosen fast. And he actually rebukes the nation of Israel because they thought fasting was all about not eating food. And then he makes this statement. He says, but this is the fast that I've chosen, to loose the bonds of oppression, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to minister to those in need. That is the fast that God has chosen. Why? Because when we reach up and he reaches in, we automatically reach out and touch the world with the love of Jesus. Let's just bow our heads together today. Father, I thank you today for the grace of God and the strength of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, today as we prepare our hearts to set the precedence for a brand new year, Lord, I just declare and decree that through prayer, fasting, and giving, Lord, you will create a new level of clarity that we'll see what we've never seen, that we'll see further and we'll see more. And Lord, I declare that the best is truly yet to come. And Lord, that out of intimacy comes clarity, and out of clarity comes the glory of God to reach a world that needs to know you. So Father, today as we recommit our hearts to knowing you, Lord, help us to take this simple plan and implement it in our lives. Help us to commit ourselves fully and completely to the opportunity before us so that through acts of intimacy, we might find clarity to serve you more. Bless your people today. In Jesus' name, amen.